Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in SoCal High School Sports Podcast, powered by the Believe Podcast Network. Believe has shows dedicated to all of your favorite L.A. sports teams. Our shows are available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Today I have Ethan Anderson here as well as his father Kevin and his mother Pam Anderson. And Ethan is committed to play basketball at USC. I've covered him the last couple years at Fairfax. So we got the Andersons here. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. It's Thank you. certainly a privilege. So let's start, Kevin and Pam. Ethan, clearly such a talented basketball player. He won the City Player of the Year just this past year. When did you kind of have an idea that he was destined for great things on the court? I think um, for me it was when he played for City Stars. We were playing for kind of a community travel team um, that did some very local tournaments, that kind of thing. But it wasn't until he um, uh, started playing for that team and we did some traveling and then I could see him playing against kids all over the country that you kind of go, you know, this is maybe something that may go beyond what uh, we had imagined. And what age group was that? That was probably eighth grade. Eighth grade. And did you have the same feelings? Well, for me, it was actually in football. Um, I was one of the assistant coaches of flag football. It was at Delamo Park. I should never forget it. The coach was throwing out routes to the kids, go five yards, go out, and he would throw the ball. He threw the ball to Ethan out of his reach. Ethan dove in the air, caught it, landed on his face. Me and the other coach paused. We didn't know if the kid was hurt, and then he – Stuck the ball in the air as though you know, I caught it, and I just thought something special about that moment. So, very competitive kid. And Ethan, you attended Fairfax. You played for two legendary coaches. When did you kind of have an idea that basketball was something you were really serious about, wanted to play in college? Well, ever since I was four years old, playing like at the YMCA, I always had dreams of playing in college and maybe even the NBA if I'm blessed enough. But just seeing people, I've been around a lot of people that are successful in that business. So always, it was always just a wild dream, you know. But then when I actually started playing competitive basketball, like she said, for the City Stars, going in, like, Ohio, and then playing for Fairfax and my travel teams. I was going to, like, South Carolina and Texas. And I was actually able to, to be able to dominate. So that's when I realized, okay, I can really, if I work hard in high school, I'll be able to actually achieve the dream. Mm-hmm. And you were committed and signed with UNLV for a little bit. And then Marvin Menzies gets fired, so you switch up to USC. So the dream has certainly been realized, and I'm sure you still have a lot left that you want to accomplish. Ethan, 10 years ago, I saw that your mom posted on Twitter after you signed uh, that you were in the hospital and there was an issue with your wrist, correct? And uh, there was an issue with with the bone. And just as a a young kid being in the hospital for for 10 days, how, how tough was that? Well, when I first got into the hospital, I didn't, they didn't know what was wrong with me. And I actually remember, I'll never forget, I asked the doctor, am I going to die? He said he doesn't know. So wow. on that day, I, was, I realized that life is short and we don't, I can't take anything for granted. So as soon as I was able to play basketball again, I experienced it as almost life or death. So I wanted to give my everything to it and work. I worked 10 times harder since that moment. So. Yeah, and as parents, how t- tough was that spell for you guys? It was pretty tough. Um, 
Ethan had played a basketball game and he had been fouled a lot, so he was falling and such. And so when he started to complain about his wrist and his hip and some other things, I just thought it was some, you know, excessive fouling. Turned out that uh, he had contacted strep, but in him it manifested in kind of a blood um, infection that went everywhere. Kidneys failed, you know. Uh, his hip shut down, his hand swelled up to the side. If you were to take a surgical glove and fill it full of air, that's what his, his hand and then went to his arm. I didn't know what was going on. Kept taking him back and forth to the hospital. They're like, oh, it's a virus. And so it really sh- he really shut down, and I had to carry him. He couldn't even walk. I'll never forget it. And um, it took a week, them running different things in his IV to see what would you know, impact him. Um, and yeah, I had to go to children's hospital, specialists, all of that. So it was a pretty scary situation. We brought him home in a wheelchair and on IV antibiotics for like six weeks, six weeks. I wasn't sure if he would walk again. I mean, it was probably the single scariest thing that a parent from out of nowhere like that um, can experience. It ended up being rheumatic fever, which doesn't even exist in this country anymore. So um, yeah, it was quite a scare. Wow. So just a total kind of freak thing and yep. to overcome that is incredible. But it sounds like, I mean, potentially not being able to walk again and forget basketball. It sounds like you had way bigger fears than returning to the court at that time. I can't, can't imagine how, how tough that must have been. And Kevin, I'm sure you had similar emotions as well. Must have been an awful situation. Yeah. But like my wife said, uh, when he fell that night, uh, playing at a local park in Carson, I was a coach and my wife indicated that he would fall because he's an aggressive player. So I didn't think much of it. But as the days uh, went on and to find out the seriousness of it, it was tough. Mm-hmm. It was tough on the whole family. So we are forever grateful that he, uh, he, he overcame that. We have your parents here. Your mom's a therapist. Your dad is an attorney. You have two great parents. I know that from covering this family for the last couple of years. What have they taught you growing up and shaped you to be the guy you are right now? Well, definitely consistency. I see them every morning. My dad wakes up at crazy hours in the morning. I've seen him wake up at 4 a.m. before to go to work. And it's an everyday thing. They taught me to be persistent and consistent. So I, I carry that to the basketball court, having to go to Fairfax every day. If I'm going to wake up at 5.30, I'm going to work out when I get here every single day. And they show me that it's paid off because be, they've been able to provide for me all my life. I've never had to worry about it, where the next meal or they've always given me everything I needed to succeed. So um, that's definitely the, probably the top thing I've learned. And they implemented God in my life for sure. And that will carry with me the rest of my life also. So those are the two main, main things. And Pam and Kevin, I'm sure you're really happy with uh, the young man that Ethan is becoming. City champ, great off-the-field guy, signing with USC. I'm sure that puts a smile on both your faces. Definitely. It's been a long 10-year journey. Since that injury to now, a lot of ups and downs. Um, and uh, this whole Division One um, dream thing is, is definitely uh, something you have to not be that attached to outcomes. Um, but one of the things that I really try to instill in Ethan, especially since it's the grace of God that he's even playing, um, is uh, just humility. You know, to be the one on the court that is trying to bring, uh, I use the word buffet of things, uh, 
from rebounds to shooting to just contribute at all times and um, just don't take for granted that, you know, you could be playing at the Y. They have 19 and under leagues at the YMCA. You could be in obscurity. You never know anything about a Connor or a YouTube or anything else. And I just remind him of that all the time. So that's been the big thing for me. And, yeah, he certainly has been a great kid. He had a teacher um, when he was in elementary school by the name is Miss Mim. In fact, uh, we recently contacted her during the teacher strike. And she said uh, years ago before she had a kid, and she's an Asian-American teacher, she says that when I have a kid, I want that kid to be just like Ethan. And we, that stuck with me. I was like, wow, that's pretty pretty impressive. So he's carried himself well, and we're very proud of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a, as a dad and as parents, it doesn't get much better than that. So, Ethan, uh, keep up the good work. In terms of Fairfax, coming from Carson every day, it's a tough commute, and you make it, and you work, and you do so well with that. But how, how did the family decide on Fairfax? Did Harvey Katani have anything to do with that? How did that all kind of go down? Well, I definitely wanted to play for Harvey Katani, seeing his track record and how many people he's coached has been in the NBA, a lot of players playing college, Division One basketball, which is my number one dream. I just wanted to go somewhere I was going to be pushed to be better not come in and just be the star player for four years, but I wanted to work for my spot. And my cousin Donald Gibson went to Fairfax. He also lived in Carson. So my first year commute was rather easy with him. So I just wanted to go somewhere where I would be able to get better every day, which has worked out perfectly fine at Fairfax. Mm -hmm. And it looked like a great situation for both of you. Would you have to ever drive Ethan, though, after uh, Donald would graduate? Was that a ever annoying or do you live around or work around there excuse me so it wasn't that bad was it ever tough for you guys you know what i think he uh got a permit there's a permit you can get where you can drive yourself to school even without an adult so he started doing that um when donald was recruited by lmu Mm -hmm. after his senior year he stopped going and staying for practice so he's been driving there for a really long time i'm uh on the west side now consulting on the right near his school, so sometimes we'll commute together in the morning, but he's been doing it. Um, You know, I'm a nervous wreck when he's driving that far because it's a tough commute with a lot of uh, kind of entitled drivers, (laughs) a lot of horns honking, not a lot of uh, grace on the road. So it's just been a blessing to have him be okay for so many years, so many different days. And so you must have had experience with Coach Katani, just being in the community, of course, but with Donald seeing what he would go through. So I'm sure you were very comfortable uh, sending Ethan off to play for him. But then after year one, there's a changing of the guard. Coach Katani steps down. Steve Bake comes in as a family, and Ethan as a player. We'll, we'll start with you, I guess. What was that kind of transition like? Because I know Coach Katani, I've talked to him on this show, and he said that he sat you, Robert, and Jamal Hartwell down and said, look, this is going to be my last year. I want you to go out and win a city championship. And he kind of gave you guys a pep talk before he stepped away. So I'm sure that was nice, but it still must have been blindsiding. Yeah, it definitely came by surprise. He used to call me into his office pretty often. So when he called us three, we thought nothing of it at the time. And so when he stepped down, it was understandable because he's given Fairfax 36 years of his life of inspiring people and helping people get to college for free. So he definitely had a hell of a career at Fairfax. But my number one goal was to be able to win a city championship, as he he wanted me to do once he left. We were able to accomplish that my last year. In my other three years, I went through, or the two years, I went through some stuff with different teams and just different challenges. And I didn't really realize how hard it was to win a city championship, especially going against like a Westchester like that, that's going to annoy you every move. So I was definitely happy I was able to get that city championship. 
Pam and Kevin, what was your reaction to Coach Catani, this le- legendary coach your son won't be able to play for him anymore? Was that sad? or did, I'm sure you understood because he oh, was yeah. an older man. Well, actually, uh, you know, I was the one that dropped him off the day after his eighth grade graduation and, you know, sat in there with the great Harvey Catani and he gave us the speech. And, you know, I was just so excited about the opportunity for him to play for such a legend. And, again, Donald, you know, I pretty much raised Donald. And so... He would come in with all his Fairfax gear, his LeBron gear. Ethan loved LeBron, and, you know, we were just so excited and ready to be there. And I was able to watch Donald transform as a young man, as an athlete. So I was really excited for that and just, you know, pretty disappointed at first. But then I thought about um, the fact that that's really par for the course. That's what we could encounter in college if we learn how to adjust now. And that's what I told Ethan. This is a very common thing in uh, at the next level. So if this is something that you can overcome now, um, earn your spot again, and um, with the new coach, then it'll be a great lesson to have learned. And of course, you know we ran into the same thing again uh, with UNLV. So good lesson, but yeah, it was disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. Kevin, was that kind of the same mindset for you? Well, uh, I was taken by surprise. In fact, I remember I was at the Redondo Union tournament in the summer or whatever it is, and somebody's sitting next to me and says, hey, what do you think about uh, Coach Harvey leaving? I said, what are you talking about? I said, Coach Harvey's not leaving. And, um, you know, I reached out to Coach Harvey, and apparently it was true. So <laughs> I was taken by surprise. And mm-hmm. my son would tell you he learned so much from Mr. Harvey on that one year, just really the understanding of the game. I remember one time Ethan told me that he had to get three defensive stops in a row before he could come off the court. You know, it's that kind of mindset about uh, working and outworking your opponent. So we missed him, and uh, we still keep in contact with him, and, uh, you know, he's still a big part of, of this whole journey. Absolutely, and Steve Bake comes in to replace Coach Katani, and you mentioned you won the city championship with him this past year, and Ethan, you were the trailblazer on that team, really helped leading Fairfax to that city title. What are some differences between Coach Katani and Coach Steve Bake, two really high-level coaches? Well, Coach Katani is much more old school, obviously, within just being doing the same thing every day, repetition. We're going to come in do the same drills every day at practice. We're going to get better doing these. We're going to perfect this offense. We're going to run this offense. And if we're going to succeed doing it, which he had success with every year he play, he coached. But Coach Baker was a lot more free. He came up to me once he saw the first day of practice, and he saw what I can do. And he told me he's going to give me the keys. And he said, okay, Ethan, you, you don't have to run, like, specific plays like Coach Katani did. So he gave me a lot more freedom to call pick and rolls and be able to do whatever I really thought would help the team win, especially my senior year. He really sat me down and said, Ethan, you're a great player, but I want you to take your game to the next level. Me not knowing, I was already committed, so I just wanted to play every game like it was my last, not knowing I was being watched. So some of my best games I played this year, USC happened to be there. So without him doing that and really encouraging me and motivating me to step my game up to not just be a great high school player, but already in high school seeing as I'm ready for a Division One college basketball, so... They're both great coaches, so I was blessed to be able to play for both of them. Pam and Kevin, Steve Bake had such a great track record, of course, at Chino Hills coaching the great Lonzo Ball team with and dealing with that whole circus. So he had some kind of name recognition before taking this job. But when did he win over the parents of the star player? You know, I think that um, 
his voice and his um, leadership and coaching really showed up and surfaced for me in this, the senior year. Um, he had uh, less of a, less of a dominant, he, when he came in, he wanted to not disrupt things, I think, and just kind of see and uh, see how things were going. But I think he really stepped up and made it his team and his plan. And uh, they really thrived under it in this senior year. Running faster, playing faster, less restrictions, as Ethan said. And um, it was funner. It was fun to watch that team play. Absolutely. Kevin, how well, for you? me, he won me over Southwest College a few months ago when he won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what... Uh, uh, he finally won me over. But I, I always thought that uh, he was a good coach, did a great job, uh, had a historic uh, reputation, in fact, was the national coach of the year, yeah. you know. And so um, we knew, I, at least I knew the man understood the game. And so I remember I wanted to share this quickly. This just popped into my head. At one of the pre-league tournaments, at, I think it was at Maranatha, Fairfax was playing Loyola, and you guys didn't start very well. Loyola was winning, and you eventually won, but... Coach Bake was getting really mad at the refs, and the last thing Fairfax needed was a technical, and you were kind of saying, all right, Steve, like, relax. And then, of course, you got the technical foul, and I just remember looking at you, Kevin, and you were like, oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. not going to win this game. And you ended up pulling it out, but uh, that's just a little funny story. Because, of course, the you know, the parents, they sometimes you want the coach to do one thing, and they'll argue with the ref and, and get teed up. So that always made me laugh. Yeah, I remember that, because the game was so close, yeah. and the technical foul which means you get two shots plus the ball uh -huh. can decide the game. And so uh, we wanted the kids to decide the game. So, But that worked out in our favor. Mm -hmm. Pam, you're known at these games for having this great cheer of, uh, I don't even want to try to imitate it, but it's uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's what you say. And it's this loud echo that everyone, you know, you know that you're there when you hear that chant. What? When did that start? What's the story behind that? Um, that started when the kids were playing football. You know, the sport, like my husband said, that they were most intensely involved in was tackle football. You know, football in Carson is this big thing. And so um, on the football field, you're so far back. You know, I was an athlete myself, a kind of an exceptional athlete, but I didn't really have parents at my games. And I know how that felt. So I had this thing that I need my kids to know that I'm here. So on the football field, that's a little tough. They're way far away, so I I don't even remember the first time that it came out of me, but um, that's where it started because they could hear that through the helmet, through whatever, out on the field. And then as things progressed and they started to play the AAU basketball, you know, I'm like, ooh, the acoustics on this are much better. And what I really loved about it, especially in basketball, is that it didn't matter how much we were outnumbered in the crowd because I could take a whole crowd down with that with that sound. And I really just made me feel like I, uh, you know, could be in control a little bit. And many a games over the years, you know, their teams have come back from 10, 15-point deficits because of that yell. So, um, you know, I'm sad that I have to, uh, you know, it doesn't work too well in a college arena. So unless I'm mic'd up, I pretty much have to retire it. But I have my girlfriend's brother come to a game of Ethan's we were playing out of town and he heard that for the first time and he dubbed it the Xena warrior princess yeah so <laughs> that's kind of 
stuck, but yeah, I may have to let it go, actually. Well, we'll see at the, the Galen Center if there's ever <laughs> not too many people there. Maybe a little right, pre-Pac-12 game you could uh, yell it out. Ethan, so you hear your mom yell that. Does that give you pride? Is it sometimes like, Mom, relax? What, what do you think when you hear that? Well, it definitely gives us pride and stuff. All my teammates know her as that. Definitely everybody I play against always asks, is that my mom? And I'm proud to say it is. But lately, she like we'll be up like 50 points. I have to tell her to stop doing it a little bit. But I definitely love her for it. <laughs> yeah, and when you're one of the best teams in the state, I guess that'll happen. You'll be up by 50. Let's get into your recruitment a little bit. And I'm really interested in the angle uh, of your parents, Ethan, because I've talked to you at the Beach City Hoops All-Star Game about how it was so hard to have Coach Menzies get fired and you – reopen your recruitment and then you decide on USC so of course disappointing and now you have a second chance so that's great but as parents when you guys heard that coach Menzies had been fired and well first actually was it easy to get out of the letter of intent if the coach got fired could you get out of it or was it tough uh, it was pretty easy to get out of it because due to a coaching change they, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll have to let you out of that but uh, it was really sad not even I wasn't really sad for me because I kind of knew okay I think I'll be able to land somewhere yeah. good. But considering like Marvin Menzies and the assistant coaches, I knew they all have families that they just moved out there. And now that they for sure thought they were getting another at least two years and their families, they were just telling me on my visit that their families are just getting used to like Las Vegas and stuff. So it was really sad for them. Like I was talking to some of those coaches on the phone. They were almost in tears because they, they really loved their job and really thought they were going to turn the program around. So they didn't really get an opportunity to do that. So I was more sad for the coaching staff and them having to change a lot of things. They rather for myself because I kind of knew I'd be able to play Division One basketball somewhere. Mm-hmm. Pam and Kevin, what was your reaction? Because, Kevin, you'd always wear the UNLV hat, and, of course, you had so much pride that Ethan was going there. So that must have been tough for, for both of you. Yeah, it was tough. Um, you know, we did a few different visits, and um, but when we were in Las Vegas, I felt it was like my Uncle Marvin picking me up from the airport from for the family reunion. That's just the feeling that I had immediately. And of all of the coaches that we were interacting with, um, uh, Coach Menzies was a builder of men, and he was interested in that and concerned about that. And I wanted my son to have that component, which is just icing, you know, on top of everything else. There were other things that they were talking about, doing work in the community, because, you know, there is no pro team there, and so they were a big part of the community. I wanted Ethan to be, you know, learn to give back and all of those different things that were going to be there. So, you know, that was tough, but it had already been such a roller coaster ride at that point. You know, and I said to myself when I saw that tweet or whatever it was, I said, you know what, I'm going to stay in the amusement park, but I'm not going to ride the ride anymore. I'm just going to sit here and, you know, see what happens. Um, I couldn't believe that the believer that I am in God and what have you, that, you know, we would come all the way here to be dropped off, you know, with nothing. So, um, but yeah, I, that was going to be a really unique combination of things to be able to have my son exposed to. So it was tough. Disappointing. Kevin, I'm sure you had some more thoughts. Well, you know, it was interesting because Ethan had a phenomenal senior year Mm -hmm. and as evidenced by the awards he won. And so once um, UNLV fired Menzies, we heard from five new schools that we hadn't heard from. And so that was rather interesting. We heard from um, Gonzaga, 
We heard from Butler. We heard from Providence. We heard from Utah. And we heard from USC. And so although it was a sad moment, it was also uh, a great opportunity. And so I remember talking to the Providence coach. He says, just let me sit on your couch. I just want to sit. Yeah. yeah. He said, he said, you can just let me sit on your couch. Just give me an opportunity. And I went to my son. I said, can he sit on the couch? He said, yes. And so uh, Cooley was supposed to sit on our couch on Thursday, but Ethan had his USC visit on Wednesday. Well, after the USC visit, my son said, this is where I want to be. And so it was tough for me to call Cooley, Coach Cooley, and tell him, hey, man, uh, I don't want you to waste your time come out here. He's already made his choice. And so uh, that was tough in that respect. But to to be wanted still and then to hear people say, if you don't have your, your scholarship um, by the end of your senior year, there are not any out there. Well, that's not true. You know, enough, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not true. And so, uh, so it was a blessing in disguise. It is, and and his college is actually closer than his high school. <laughs> he passes his college every day on his way to his high school. So, uh, it's worked out. Yeah, and it's, it's a pretty out. pretty good college too. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. I remember Ethan. I was talking to you at that All Star game, and you mentioned Providence. And so I didn't know that Cooley was Ed Cooley was planning to come the day after. You pretty much decided on USC. Uh, the East Coaster in me wishes you would have given him a chance because he is a great guy. I love that man. He's so awesome. But, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So since you've signed uh, with USC, it all kind of happened so fast. What's the relationship like with the coaches and players and the guys in your class who a lot of them you already know from just growing up here in L.A.? How has that relationship strengthened with all those people since you signed? Yeah, well, my first little visit, I had, it was like a three-hour visit, so I didn't really get to know everybody that good. But I already knew Jason Hart. He mm-hmm. came. He comes from a similar place where I come from, right around USC in the LA area, and I can really relate to him because my freshman year he reached out to me and I did an unofficial visit there with him, but they didn't really pursue it after that. But me talking to him and I can really relate to him. I'd see him around all the time. He'd always say what's up to me, and he always said he he'd love my game. But I never really thought like I'm gonna go to USC because that's thought it was such a prestigious program and. Max is going there, and I played with him for four years, my whole high school career in Travel Ball Arena. And I love playing with Max. I've seen Max go from a player that barely played to now he's a top 100 in the country. And Big O and Isaiah, those are the two best players I've ever played against in California. So I'm so glad to be playing with them, and I'm going to get to know Drake London and Kyle Sturdivant. I've been talking to them. Jonah Matthews, I've been talking to him. And I felt real welcome there, so... And I think we're going to have a really great team. I've never been a part of a team that could be this good. So I think we're going to get to the tournament and be able to just – everybody's going to be able to get recognition that they've never gotten before. And I just think I can be a big part of this team, bringing my toughness and my ability to do whatever they need me to do there. So I think I'll be able to learn a ton just in my first few months there. So it's a great opportunity. Yeah, I haven't watched much USC basketball lately, but I surely will with – you guys adding to the squad. So, Pam, you mentioned how after the whole UNLV thing happened, you were kind of going to sit back and just see what happens. Has the USC staff, and it's so close, so I'm sure that's so nice, but the staff and just the whole program, have they won you over yet? Um, Yeah, they did uh, win me over. I was, you know, feeling a little bit like the lesser attractive girl that, you know, got asked to the prom because maybe the the first choice didn't, you know, going in, but you know, quickly they turned that around. They had 
it's almost like they had uh, read our minds and thought of every tough question we might ask, and they had good answers for them. So I felt good that, that day when we left, and I was like, this is just like a miracle. <laughs> this is a 13th-hour you know, miracle to go from a, a running rebel on Thursday and the following Wednesday practically, you know, uh, have the opportunity to be a Trojan. So I went to Cal, so USC and Stanford, you know, I kind of have some issues I need to work through, but I'll I'll, I'll get over it. For your son, yes, <laughs> Trust I'm, me. I'm sure. And Kevin, you got the USC sweatshirt, the hat, so it looks like you're pretty happy too. Yes, we are. You know, Ethan mentioned that um, he had some great games this year, this past season, and USC was in attendance, not necessarily for him, but they could not deny what they were witnessing. I remember one game in the Damien Classic. In fact, it was against Damien High School. Ethan, I think he went 11 for 11 in the second half, didn't miss a shot, and he was incredible. And I remember Coach Enfield sitting on that front row. I remember that. And uh, and so it's just amazing how everything worked out. And so we, we did do a visit, and uh, we had some great time with them together. We went to that Beverly Hills restaurant. What was the name of that restaurant? It was a great restaurant. Huh? Boa, you know, right. you know, great restaurant. Celebrities were coming in and out, and you know, we just felt a part of it. And the coaching staff, and uh, Cap Two, and and Mobley, and everyone. So they made us feel a part of that. And and they mentioned to him that one of the things that Ethan brings that they really uh, covet is his toughness. And that's one thing you cannot deny about this young man is he's tough. Yeah. So <laughs> absolutely covering him for the last two years. I can speak to that as well. Mm. So Ethan, let's get into your fantastic senior year and thank you for answering all those recruiting questions. I'm sure you're probably tired of those and ready to just start playing again. Um, but so you won the wooden award for the LA city best player. You were the LA city best player in the eyes of the LA city who made our first team at Southern California prep insider, so, I mean, and you won a city championship, so forget the individual stuff. You pretty much had the best year humanly possible. Looking back on this year, A, what are you going to remember most, and just how how proud of yourself are you? Well, looking back on this, I'll definitely have to remember the city championship the most. And just my relationship I've built with the people there, as far as the teachers, the students, the players. Robert McCray, we've been through the same journey for the last four years. And we've always dreamed and talked about winning this city championship. My 11th grade year, we thought no way in the world we'd lose this championship. But we ended up doing that. And just what really motivated us, like the me, the Ronald, the Ronald, the um, Justin Hunter, the day that our starting five, is that we got to see last year people crying in the locker room. People didn't know what to do with their lives after we lost that game. So we said from there on out, we're not losing again. So the fact that we were able to sweep Westchester this year, I couldn't, like you said, it couldn't be humanly possible for me to have a better season. So forget the individual awards, but just being able to build that bond with my teammates and there's going to be a banner up. We're going to have a banquet soon to give us our championship rings. Like, we can't forget this. So I'll be back to Fairfax every chance I get to go look at that banner. So definitely a great season to be had. Mm-hmm. And Pam and Kevin, just watching such a magnificent season unfold and we kind of knew the awards were going to come after the championship, and that's what happened. Just some thoughts on this fantastic year for your son. Well, you know what? I think um, uh, the big thing that uh, for Ethan is after all the stressful recruiting and all of that, it's nice to go into your senior year secure and knowing where you're going to play at the next level. And I think that was made a big difference. Then you're not playing under duress. You're not stressed. You just can dig in, play the game that you love. 
Um, the city championship mean, meant as much to me and the other parents as it did to them. We wanted it more than anything, more than anything. And, you know, we didn't go that far past that in the playoffs, but to me, it really didn't matter. It was like the the best thing that we could have ever done was to win that city championship. And, you know, you hear all the things, you can't beat them three times and, you know, all those things, the, all the buildup. And it was just the most awesome thing ever to uh, to get there and to finally win. And, you know, the loss the previous year was horrible, but, you know, sometimes that's what God does things really big, you know. Um, and this was just like the perfect ending to a great uh, career at a great school. Yeah, and Kevin, I mean, that night was such a special night. I remember talking to Ethan and Dalen and Coach Bake. Just everyone was so, so happy, and I'm sure you were as well watching that game. Yeah, my wife makes a good point that we had beaten them uh, previous year, might have been two years before, twice, and lost the third time. And so, obviously, everyone is is telling us that it's tough to beat a team three times. And if you remember the start of that game, they jumped out yeah. on us. I think they might have been 8-0 or whatever the case is. And so, immediately, those thoughts began to surface in your mind, like, oh, God, not again, not again. And so, when they overcame that and they won that championship, it was a special moment, made-for-TV moment. And so, when they're seniors, they go off into the sunset. And <clears throat> so, we're all happy about that. Mm-hmm. And USC, up next for you, what are some goals that you have for freshman year and then beyond of course you know winning championships and all that but do you have a do you want to try to be into the rotation as a freshman what are some kind of thoughts that you have kind of going forward here well I definitely want to be in the rotation but my number one goal is to learn from people ahead of me or beside me or learn everything I can that was my goal coming into Fairfax and I plan to do it the same way as far as just learning everything I can because in that first year it's so important not to develop bad habits and not think that oh they owe me a starting spot when I go in there or wherever I was going to go. If I were to go to a D2, it doesn't matter where I'm going. People don't owe me anything in there, so I'm going to just go in there and work for it. I don't plan to score 20 points. I don't plan to have 50 assists. I just plan to go in there and do whatever they need me to do, toughness, rebound, defend, anything they need me to do. So that was my number one goal. And Pam and Kevin, I'm sure if Ethan was at UNLV, you could have made a lot of games, but not as many games as you'll have the chance to make at USC. So in terms of the next few months for you, and when USC starts playing basketball again, I'm sure you'll be able to get to that gym so frequently, and that must be so nice for you to continue to watch them because, like you said, it's closer to Carson than uh, Fairfax is. So what, what, just what does that mean, and how exciting is that? That's that's absolutely awesome. And, you know, I uh, like I said, I remember dropping him off um, the day of a Maranatha tournament to Harvey Katani at Fairfax. And I'm like, he's a freshman. I'll, you know, like maybe at some point he'll get to play. You know, the coach wasn't a big freshman, you know, guy. And so I was just, oh, I just hope he gets to play, you know, at some point during the season. And we get to Maranatha and Ethan comes in the game like really early. So I plan to kind of sit back and relax. He comes in the game way earlier than I expect. And then he, like, hits the first jump shot, and I'm just, like, overjoyed and whelmed and whatever, and he's, he was so calm. And, you know, so I'm, I got butterflies with USC, but um, I will manage my expectations. But um, it's like he said, you go in and you work hard, and that's what he does. 
Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him have to rise to the next set of challenges because the the big deal about basketball is what it's going to teach you for when the ball stops bouncing. And it's overcoming all these things that are going to build the resume for whatever else life will bring. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. You ready to check out some Galen Center action? Absolutely. <clears throat> when we had the visit, Coach Enfield said that there were, are about, I think he used the number 48, maybe 56 minutes that are available from players that have departed. And so there's certainly an opportunity uh, for him to work hard and, and get some of those minutes. And then uh, they talked about going to Barcelona, Spain in, in August. And so my wife and I is kind of scratching our head that maybe we should go. You know, we'll see. But uh, so we're excited. And he was recruited by two other Pac-12 schools. And so that might be an additional place we go. And that was Oregon State and Colorado. We might go on a road trip to those two games. Uh, we know people at, at Oregon State <clears throat> that are from Southern California and might get a chance to go to Colorado. So, yes, we're absolutely excited. Great. And I want to get you guys out of here with this last question. And it might be tough to answer. might put you on the spot. But for, for all three of you, looking at Ethan's fantastic journey from – you know, growing up at four years old at the Y, playing basketball, the tough time in the hospital, to now being at USC and having such a great career at Fairfax. Looking back at everything, is there anything you would have wanted to do differently, any of you, or are you really happy with how everything worked out and wouldn't have it any other way? Um, For me, I wouldn't say I would directly change anything. I'm sure I wanted to win more city championships, but I think I would keep it the same because I needed those those three years of failure of learning how to lose first and all those years in the championship, thinking that we were definitely going to win, thinking we had the best team, but it didn't turn out that way. Like you said, for the John Wooden Award, I'm actually planning to put that thing in the, um, the Fairfax locker room to symbolize for the leaders of the team next year and the years to come that winning a championship doesn't have to do with the best players scoring all the points. I could have gone out there and shot 50 shots a game, and probably nobody would have said, like, Ethan, stop shooting, but... I wanted to symbolize the unselfish leadership is what will win you a championship. Like the Robert McCray, the best team man I've ever had, I like to call him. He took a back seat every year he's played. People think, oh, he hasn't scored 20 points. Robert McCray's not good. Robert McCray, he'd feed me the ball. He scored 30 points, but nobody would talk about it. But he took a back seat and he watched everybody else thrive. Ronald Mitchell, Dalen Williams, we was all happy for him, Justin, Keith. Everybody that thrived, it was because the leaders were unselfish. We didn't think that we needed to score all the points. We wanted the bench to help as much as they can. We want everybody to get recognition for that. So I definitely keep my failures the same. So I was able to learn that valuable lesson that being an unselfish leader is what will make your whole team look good. I think for me, it, there isn't a regret so much as a being glad for some of the things that came along that we didn't pursue. You know, when uh, Coach Katani was leaving, that opened other schools up to come and, you know, want to uh, try to attract Ethan, you know, the Sierra Canyons and those other big-time programs. And I'm so glad that we stayed the course. I'm so proud that he has been there four years. He's a lion through and through. He's a he gets behind the program that he's in and and I really like the family and the the whole um, relationship thing that we've all been able to build as parents and players. It means so much more to get all the way and then to win that championship than to go with the first thing because, you know, um, out of fear or out of, you know, too much ego. So 
for me, it's not a regret so much as a, whew, thank God we stayed the course, I guess. And for me, um, it probably wouldn't change anything because every decision that has been made regarding basketball pretty much has been made by Ethan. Now, we have uh, given him options, but he has made that decision. Fairfax, it was him. I had desired Harvard-Westlake. I had desired Maranatha. I had desired St. Anthony. But he made that choice, and so it turned out to be a great choice. Um, and uh, even with his travel ball teams, he made that choice. You know, we were with Dream Vision, and, you know, I said, Ethan, here's another opportunity. He made that choice. And so I wouldn't do anything differently because every choice he has made has manifested well. And so through the ups and the downs, so that would be my answer. That was Ethan Anderson, a Fairfax High City champ on the way to USC for basketball, as well as his parents, Pam Anderson and Kevin Anderson. Guys, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate okay, it. One, one thing, she's going to do retire the ooh ooh for you, right? Okay. Quick. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get ready. Justice. <laughs> I don't want to blow anything out. You ready? All right, thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Signing off. Thank you. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.